0: It is the RU Review at moresportsnow.com, brought to you by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. Happy to have them on board this season. I'm Steve Titchener, here with Matt Lachlan, and on the line, Rutgers Radio Color Analyst and former player Eric Legrand. And Eric, it's only fitting we started with you on the RU Review, and we will end with you. How you doing, bud?
1: Hey, I'm doing awesome, guys.
0: Well, we'll get to the season as a whole, but let's look at this last game. And, you know, Eric, when you battle like Rutgers did, and you have a chance to win and it comes down to the last drive, I mean, it hurts when you don't finish. I mean, how would you feel about Saturday?
1: Oh, I, was, I was heartbroken. You know, it's it's like you, those guys deserve it. After everything that they've been through this year, you see, you know, the progress that they've made. They've gotten better. And you just want them to go out, you know, on a, on a high note. You know the season wasn't what what you wanted it to be. You want them to go out on a high note and to lose like that, you know, Michigan State making one one, one last play and Geo driving them all the way down the field and you get almost right, you get in the red zone, you about to score again, and then there's those last two plays. Just were uh, I don't I don't know. Is, I feel for them. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah, and he threw into a sea of green there. I mean, we've seen that this season. Uh, you know, I'm sure he wish he, could, he had that one back. But, you know, listen, there, w- there wasn't a lot of uh, open receivers all season long. And so it ended in a tough way, but certainly not a surprise.
1: Yeah, definitely not a surprise. I, I actually, the game was more of a surprise because a lot of people didn't think Rutgers would be in. And I, I, I've been watching this team over the past few weeks. And when I saw that, that line come out that they were – that. They're plus 27. I, I like, thought that was no crazy way. too. I said, there's no way this Michigan state team is going to beat Rutgers by that mm. much. You know, they've had their struggles this year as well. You know, this wasn't a dominant Michigan state team. When I saw that line, I was like, wow, Rutgers really is getting no respect. But you see, they fought with them all the way to the end. You know, the bad conditions as it usually is there in Michigan state and they played with them all the way to the end, which goes to show you gives you something to look forward to, to next year because They got some guys out there that stepped up big
2: time for them. I was a little surprised, though, um, because on our show last week, I thought that Rutgers had expended a lot of emotion in the last home game against Penn State, only to come up short. And I was just wondering whether or not they could come out with some energy and play at Michigan State. So they're on the road. It's Michigan State's last game of the season, their last home game. And I just wasn't sure that it would be there. So fair credit to them for doing that. I also thought that Chris Ash would go with Art Sitkowski again, but instead he went with Gio Rashino. And I know Gio was playing his last game and it was back in his home state. Were you surprised at that call?
1: Um, well, I actually wasn't surprised. I thought that's what it was going to be after Gio gave that spark in the last game versus Penn State. And I said, you know, Gio, you know, it hasn't been the season that everyone wanted for Art, you know, all the, all the just, you know, the interceptions and turnovers, stuff of that nature. It just hasn't been a season. I'm like, Geo was a spark of the team. He's a captain. He's going home. He's going to have at least 30 fans in the, in the in that day from his family and friends. I'm like, coach has definitely got to give him the start. And that's exactly what he did.
0: And Eric, the defense played valiantly again. And I just got to ask you I mean, we went through that run for Kansas, Buffalo, and, uh, and uh, Illinois at home, and they, they were just awful. Ash took over, and it's been night and day. What's the biggest thing? What's the biggest difference I, I, that you saw after that change and, and and obviously played out on Saturday, too, where they really played well, even mm-hmm. though it was a freshman quarterback on the other uh, side of the, uh, the ball, but they, they played very well?
1: You know what I really want to say? It's, it's sad to say, but as Ash was in there, I'm calling plays. Did we see any big plays? Were there any? You know, they were like, gone.
0: People, was they big, there was a big. There, there was were several there several big plays a game.
1: Or, it's, it's crazy to say that, and you know because you you looking at, and Coach Ash was saying sometimes we had guys jumping gaps and this and that, but Coach Ash was calling play, They looked like they were in position every single time for every, mm-hmm. for four straight weeks, except for the Wisconsin game. They they got them a little bit when they mixed it up, on them in the second half on some runs. But other than that, it looked like they were in position at every game at all play calls. There was no more gaping plays that were, that were sneaking out.
2: It's amazing, too, because why couldn't Jay Neiman, the defensive coordinator, see that and correct it?
1: Uh, I would, I, I would, that's the stuff that I wish I could have uh, understand because I would love to be sitting in a Cookie Hill. To hear their game plan on what goes out there, I would love to hear the headsets during the <laughs> game when they're when, they, when they're they calling plays of what's this idea, or what's that idea, and stuff like that. But Coach Ash was—I mean, he he no slouch now. He was a defensive coordinator at Arkansas, Wisconsin, and Ohio State, so he you know he has he has that background of calling plays. You know what I mean? And he won a national championship at Ohio State, so he knows how to call defensive plays, and it definitely showed those last four games.
0: And hey, the reception, the touchdown reception of uh, Travis Vokalek, that was a beautiful pass, beautiful catch. Why couldn't we see more of that this season, Eric? Oh,
1: I know that's the that's the stuff that kills you too, because you see the potential and you see it right there, you're like, Oh man, why couldn't why, why couldn't we see that earlier in the year? Why are we just seeing that now? And you just hope that Travis develops, you know, that that's that you know, maybe he wasn't able to do that earlier in the year and now this is new to his game. And hopefully we're gonna, we can see a lot of that next year because we're definitely gonna need, especially unfortunately we didn't get to see a lot of Jerome Washington this year, but they're going to be looking at Travis Volker like a lot next year.
2: Oh, I think they will. And and the thing is though, the defense got corrected to a degree. They were much better in the second half of the season, much better when Chris Ash took over. And they gave Rutgers a chance. That defense gave Rutgers a chance in every game. But the offense never figured it out. And you still have to outscore the opponent to win. All the analytics can go your way. All the other feel-good uh, feelings can go your way. But if you don't outscore the opposition, you're going to lose. And so that's the area to me, and it's it's nice that they have so many guys coming back on the line. Uh The quarterback is back, receivers are back, the tight end, uh, who was a backup at the start or two on the depth chart, now he's going to be the number one guy, so there's a lot of hope there. What has to happen to make this offense something that the Big Ten opponents and the non-conference teams that Rutgers will face next year will, if not fear them, at least respect them?
1: They got to, they got to get better. One, they got to get stronger. That's on the offensive line. They got to get bigger and stronger on that offensive line. Without a, without a doubt, if they don't get bigger and stronger on that offensive line, I really don't know the, what to say about them. Because that that that's, they got to start being able to move those bodies and not get worn down again. You got to be able to move Penn State bodies all day long, Ohio State, Michigan. You have to be able to move those those guys up front there really, if you want to compete. And on a wide receiver, they have to find a, a mm. heartbeat there. My gosh. yeah. It's there's It's just no, it's, it's like nobody's there. You know, and they they got to find some a playmaker on that side, whether it's some of these redshirt freshmen coming in, they're developing some of the guys that they have, like Bo Melton and Shaheen Jones, or they got to find some miracle in the freshman class and and find a way because it, 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 they, they they need to have some type of way to have a passing game. And I know Art had a lot of interceptions, but you can't say a lot of them weren't on the receivers and they had a lot of drop balls as well.
2: Well, they did have that. And also, if they can develop even the semblance of a passing game, now the running game is even more effective. I mean, they they showed that at times they can run, and I think they're very happy with Mm -hmm. Pacheco and Blackshear. So they can be even more dangerous if you just have to respect the pass a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the case this year
1: exactly do show that you could have to respect it a little bit they'll go a lot forward and help in that run again because you see the running backs that you have with pacheco and blackshear they're both coming back you know you see what they're able to do back there all you do is need to hold your block for a few seconds and those guys are got enough you could add a passing game to that with the, what like you said where they have to respect and not have guys flying in the box ready to make a tackle. Watch how many holes open up and how many big plays we see there. And I'm actually interested to see if they don't find somebody on that offensive side to make, I don't know, at the wide receiver position, do they move Blackshear out there?
0: Well, you, this brings up a good point because, you know, like the cupboard's not completely bare. We're talking about, you know, Pacheco, Blackshear, and what they can do. Vokalek looks like he can be a real special player. Um now the question here is with with you know well, obviously the offensive line needs to get better but uh, but what do you think of uh, Sitkowski coming back next year? Obviously he's going to be uh, the leader and uh, and the uh, the first quarterback and I there's concerns toward the end of the season that they didn't develop as much as he should have. What you're feeling next year clearly he needs more help. But how do you feel about Sitkowski going into camp next year?
1: I would say the biggest things are, you know, I started to dig in this Sikowski a lot towards the end of the year. You know, hear people talk about how, which I'm sure this was true. Him playing in that read option offense at Old Bridger, you know, that, that, that all the wishbone offense, the wing T you know, probably stunted a lot of his development going forward. Like he showed all the keys in high school of what he can be, but playing in that for three years probably, you know, wasn't the best for him. Then he goes down to IMG. And um, he had to learn, you know, play the different offense. And he did get his position taken down there. So now he gets brought up into, uh, into Rutgers as a freshman. And all, you know, Rutgers, the four-star recruit, decommissioned from Miami, coming back home, he's going to save the program. And I think he got a little bit of re- a reality check, even though he probably kind of nudes as well. But he, he he got a little bit of a reality check on what it's like playing in the Big Ten. And now you're hoping that you can take what you've learned these past two years now from your senior year in high school and now what it's like to play college ball and you grow off of that and you learn how to read defense, you learn how to be in the system where it's like, wow, that's my third year now in an offense that's that's played at the college level. things like that. You hope that he, it can turn out to have the potential that everyone sees that he could be. But I, I like, like I said, I think playing in that offense in high school, those three years definitely didn't help. And then, We saw, you know, some of the mistakes that he could make when it comes to reading defenses and not staring guys down and throwing guys open and not waiting until they're open to throw the ball.
2: Well, we'll know a lot about him, and one thing we do know, if he does not improve, and there are other things around him that need to get better, which we discussed, but if he doesn't get better chris ash does not get a fifth year (laughs) i mean there's so much pressure on this kid's shoulders he has to be better he has to be the reason why rutgers will show what they hope is the significant improvement demanded by athletic director pat hobbs when he said chris ash is coming back which i think we all believed was going to be the case but he made it official at the end of that last game but what significant improvement is in his eyes versus the fans' eyes? Maybe two different things. But if there's not significant improvement that everybody can see, and it's a lot of it's going to be on art, then unfortunately, Coach Ash uh, will be moving along, and Rutgers will be rebuilding again with a new guy.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure that they're going to be hard all on Coach McNulty this all season and developing this guy and making sure he knows how to read defense. I know he came in early was able to work with him since January, but now we'll have a year under his belt and some experience and experience can go a long way. I'll never forget my freshman year compared to my sophomore year of understanding the game and being around the game and things of that nature was just, it it, it, it was from night and day, night and day from what I understood and what I wanted being around and things of that nature. So, you know, I'm hoping the same thing for our day. He develops and he understands the game and things come a lot slower to him and, I said, he's so is everybody, everybody's rush. All of Rutgers right now
0: is, is, is on Art's back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, and he needs to make that big jump, like you're saying. Probably so can't all... even get a
2: quick service right. at one of the one yeah. of the
0: restaurants down huh. uh you know, in downtown New Brunswick. They probably
2: put him at the back of the line right now. not fair or not right that's what happens in athletics you can speak to it when when they love you they love you when they don't oh boy who's he yeah
1: Uh, Especially being in the New York, New Jersey area. You know how that goes. Oh, man,
0: baby. You got it. Well, Eric, let's turn to the defensive end. You're a defensive guy. And, uh, wow, they're losing a lot of players. Uh, Saquon Hampton, Isaiah Wharton, gone. Trevor Morris, Deontay Roberts, uh, gone. John Batteke, Kevin Wilkins. All these guys are going. All seniors. And I got to tell you, listen... Uh, you know, once Ash took over and started calling the plays, and remember we were worried about some big blowouts when they were playing the best of the Big Ten, and it didn't happen because of that defense. Oh, that we were def- laughing about yeah. maybe a Hunty scored against listen, them in one we of those know, games. Listen, that defense played very well. Look, it didn't, it didn't end up in the win column, so we, we gotta be mindful of that, but they did play very well. It was the offense that couldn't do anything, and these guys played valiantly. They really did, and really stepped up. Had they played that way the entire season, could have had a couple more wins for sure. But, you know, look, there's there are some – the cupboard's not bare there either. I mean, uh, uh, Mike Verdov looks like a real deal at, at, on the line. Tyshawn Fogg looks – I mean, he had a terrific game against Michigan State, looks Thank like. You. And uh, and you, you've you been talking about Avery Young quite a bit. So they've got some players.
1: I'll tell you what, Avery Young is a dog. That kid is going to be something mm-hmm. special. I believe we're going to look back at him. He might have a Devin McCourty type year. I'm telling you, after watching his progression from – That young freshman that got thrown in there after blessed on Austin towards ACL to where he is now, it's it's crazy, and and just the confidence he has, and just to be able to forget about plays too. If he allows a big play, it does not bother him. He's on to the next play, doing his job, and I'm really excited to watch him these next three years. It's going to be fun, but um, Mike Tverdov, as you said. He's going to have a huge role next year. I'm really interested mm-hmm. to see where he's going to play because they shuffled him around a little bit this year, mm-hmm. and they're going to have he, he's had to play that jack position when I mean, he's more of an inside guy. But you got Elon Lamore coming back. You get um, but oh, I'm trying to read the other defensive event. We got hurt earlier in the year for the season. He's coming back from from Tennessee. They had a big uh oh, Mason. big host for him this Mason. year. Mason, yeah, Taiwan Mason. Uh, they they had big holes for him this year, and he's going to be coming back. Now, and then, uh, as you said, Tyson Father out there, Travis Maddox-Williams, they're, they're, they're going to find another, another guy between these linebackers that has to fill in one more. You know, you're losing uh, Deontay Roberts after all the years that he's been in that in that position. But I believe they're going to be finding a linebacker. they got some uh, ju- uh, junior college guys coming in, and they got a good recruitment because there's some linebackers. So I'm excited to see some younger first first guys in it. I think the biggest loss, honestly, though, if you notice these past four games, when Coach has been calling plays, Saquon Hampton has been all mm. over that field, yeah, everywhere. He looks yeah. like a different. He looks like a different player out there. I'm like, oh my, who oh, is this guy now? Flying up, making big tackle, one-on-one tackles, one on one tackles, coverage, and uh, knocking the ball down, getting interceptions. Like he looks like a totally different player out there. And he,
0: both he of the finally DBs. got healthy
1: and everything. But yeah, but I, it's going to be interesting to see who you know the replacement for for him.
0: Yeah, Isaiah Wharton too, man. They both played very well. And uh and yeah, really... they
1: was that Isaiah Warden's been there mm-hmm. and playing for four years after yeah. after that regular year.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean their, their defense really uh is there do you think it could take a step back going into next year? Whereas the offense hopefully has to take a step up, but uh, w- will the defense hold uh hold court, uh, Eric?
1: Honestly, yeah. So you get, you return ten guys out of eleven on, on offense. I I I don't I, how can you go back and you fall mm-hmm. I don't want to say that because <laughs> it could act ha- you know, that it happens. But I, I feel like they're gonna take a big step forward. what just you as the more you play the game, you, you just get better at it. And those guys have now played a lot of football together. They're losing one guy on the offensive side, they're gonna get better. They are going to get better. And then on the defensive side, I'm really reliant uh, does Chris asked decide to to keep on calling plays or gonna see what goes on, you know, with coaching moves and things of that nature, but does he continue to call plays from the beginning of the season to the end, and see his, and see what that defense can do, and develop some of the younger guys that are going to come in there? But I feel like it's, they're not throwing anybody into the fire right away. You know, there's gonna many guys that at least have somewhat of experience that are playing back there. Damon Hayes is, uh, this is after the second year, he's going to get better. Into the third year, he can really turn into something special. He got better in the, in the second half of that season. As I said, Avery Young there. Tyshawn Fogg, it's time for him to shine now. Trevor mm-hmm. uh, Maddox Williams, his guy, he's gonna be out there as well, shining. Those guys, it's time for them to step up, you know, and start making plays. Julius Turner, you know, those guys on the defensive line, Mike Severdoff, maybe younger guys, but they're gonna have to come up and start making some some big plays.
2: Well, we talked about Sidkowski and how we'll know more about him, what his makeup is and how he comes back and, you know, his determination. It's true on that side of the ball, too. But there's nobody who walked off that field in East Lansing on Saturday and said, wow, what a great year. Maybe some special teamers because they were pretty good. But, you know, nobody nobody left saying, wow, I was really happy with how I performed, how the team performed. So there has got to be a collective from this team that we will get better. The truth of it is, though, they're still in the Big Ten East and they're still going to mm-hmm. face the heavy hitters and it's still a process. The question is, where, when patience and hope kind of all intersect how that comes out on the other side. I go back to Greg Shiano. Of course, you played for him, so you know him quite well. Two and nine, one and 11, five and seven, four and seven in his first years. But he was given the time because the administration, Bob Mulcahy, saw enough that he liked what Greg could bring. And eventually there were some very good years there. But he was eight and 27 in his first three years, including 111, which was matched this year. But there was some more hope, and there was a little more patience shown there. I know I may be the only one <laughs> or one of the few standing up and say you have to have patience because there's dwindling attendance, the pressure is on, fan base is upset. This is not easy, but I do understand if Chris Ash doesn't have Something he can hang his hat on—a reasonably significant win, a good stretch next year—he could be in serious trouble for year five. But patience mm-hmm. and hope, right now, are the things you have to hang your hat on.
1: Uh, yeah, this is the year where he's gonna have to close that gap and take that next step. You know, um, they're gonna have to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat this year. I mean, this coming this, season, this two thousand nineteen—they're not gonna be able to take bad losses and then survive. You know. It's just the way the nature of the game, and the way everything is now. It's not as patient. Things are instant gratification. But then everybody wants it now. And as you said, ticket sales are down. The fans aren't showing up, and eventually that costs you. That costs you your dollars, and what you're bringing in for the football program. And so they're gonna have to, like you said, close. I like I said before, close that gap. And they're gonna have to, between those big dogs between Ohio State. Michigan. I think they like, I think, I think they took a step forward with it. with, with that? That Michigan team that they played, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad that they didn't put up a hundred on us. You know what they, they played them. They played them as well as they could. And then being able to be in that game versus Penn state if geo catches that touchdown, who knows what type of game that mm-hmm. is. And then Michigan state at the end, being able to play with them. I think these they, they showed that they can close the gap. They just got to now develop some of these younger guys. And it's, it's, the, as, you, as you said, the pressure is on. Let's see how they respond. Some people, when pressure is on, honestly, that was the way I performed my best. If you, if I knew that I wasn't doing my job, and I knew that something was, that if I was in danger of losing it because of uh, because of me not doing my job, the pressure was on. That's when I perform my best. So you hope that they that they have some dogs in that locker room that are ready. They're not happy to be where they were this past season, and they just got to come to work every single day to get better. And, I believe
0: we'll see progress. Now, Eric, one of the reasons Rockers faithful was so excited about this past season is because it it looked like the schedule was favorable, especially that run with, you know, again, that we talk about with Kansas, Buffalo and Illinois, which ended up being a debacle as we as we. Have mentioned a number of times, but you know, next year, yeah, they got UMass and Liberty at home. They they, they should be wins, but then the rest of the the the, the schedule. I mean, especially their uh, their away schedule is a killer. They got to go to Iowa, which is going to be really tough. And, you know, Michigan and Penn State, of course, and then you got Indiana and Illinois. I mean, I, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But what the heck? It's a talk show. What um <laughs> what what are your thoughts in terms of how many wins do you need? Would you like to see next year? Or, um, if we can kind of throw a number. Out now.
1: Well, it's, it's funny you said that, because me, I'm sitting that last year. I'm sitting here as I'm sure every worker <laughs> fan that did. Oh, we got this game, we got that right. one, we got that right. one, and then. we're going to be set up to go to a bowl game. But as you said, you looked at some of the, the, those, uh, you named some of those um, programs that we have to play. The games versus Indiana, you got to win. UMass, you got them. Those are games that you have to dominate. Liberty, you got to dominate. And then uh, that, that puts you in, too, like I said, Indiana. You say you got they got Illinois again?
0: Yeah, yeah, they're at yeah. on the road at Illinois. And, and ask, yeah.
1: At Illinois, does that that's forward games that you have to win? Like that's what those games I feel like that Coach Ash has to win right then. Then you get, you know, a tough Iowa team who's never easy to play. Michigan, of course. Um, Penn State and then I believe I believe that they close the game, uh, gap versus Penn State and finally mm-hmm. I feel like Trace mcsorley has been there for thirty five years. Yeah, right. He's fine. <laughs> I they'd be the quarterback of that team anymore, so mm-hmm. they're gonna be looking at that you know, that was that position now and seeing how they can go forward and things of that nature. But you never know, you never know what could happen, especially if, if they can get that offense going a little bit and just as a defense, when you have a good offense, mm-hmm. Oh, it just feels so much. Better. Oh
0: yeah. I mean, if they could move the ball at all this past Saturday, I mean, they would the way the defense was playing, they would have had a nice road win. I mean, going, I mean, it was a, again, a, a, a tough loss, but, uh, absolutely. I mean, really, um, it's it's about balance in the end of the day and if they can move the offense and and that defense can play the way they've been playing then um then uh you know anything can happen but i you know i would like to see i mean i'm just putting a number on it right now i'd like to see four, go back to four wins uh you know i i hate to have you know two wins and call that uh progress when you beat liberty and you No, no you, yeah, you no, got, no, you got to win a couple enough. you got to win a couple big 10 games in next year yeah,
1: Like i said you got to beat the indians you, know? mm-hmm. you know they're progressing you got to beat illinois and uh, you, those are games that you have to win if you want to, at this point, if you want to keep, keep your job, you got to, those are games you got to win.
2: Yeah. I, I would think even though Pat Hobbs has not, and will not externally say what significant progress in his eyes is, he has to have a number in an envelope somewhere in his desk, <laughs> in his office yeah. like this, this is what you need to hit. I, I would think it has to be four wins. You ha- I mean, you're going to have to beat Liberty. You're going to have to beat UMass. And then you need to sneak If you can do that, that, and their conference wins, I think he can reasonably say that this year, and he'll look back and it'll be last year, of course, but he'll say this was an aberration. We had a lot of things that went wrong. We changed our – and I know – You may not want to say it. I'll say it. They're going to change their defensive coordinator. Uh, It's obvious. (laughs) Look, when you take over the responsibilities and there's that marked improvement, uh, you know, USC did the same thing, right? They kept Clay Helton as their head coach. He took over the offensive play calling from T. Martin, uh, and T. Martin was just let go, along with the defensive coordinator as well. But they kept Helton. Anyway, Jay Neiman, there'll be a new guy in that spot, but... There has to be. There has to be four wins. It has to be. And now, who they are, I don't know. Can you snag Minnesota or and or Maryland at home? I know everybody talks about. How about Illinois. a home game against
0: Boston College? Wouldn't that that'd be well? They're in interesting a bowl game. this yeah. year, yeah, although they struggled.
2: To, they lost their last, I think, three games. So that's, they
0: kind of are on a little bit they had of a Boston doubt. Boston College next year? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. At home, third home. game of the season. Oh wow, that's is yeah. that home or away? Home, third game. That's
1: that's, yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a huge. That's another recruiting battle game, Absolutely. as you mentioned, Maryland. Maryland is another mm-hmm. one that you have to that you have to get a victory over. And who is the other one? They got Maryland basketball? at home. They
0: got Minnesota at home, and then they got you know Ohio Minnesota State. Minnesota.
1: That's Those three games right there. Yeah. Huge recruiting mm-hmm. wars between Minnesota, Maryland, and Boston College. That's, that's yeah. all right here in, the, in this tri-state area. That down in that D.M.V. area, and Minnesota likes to come mm-hmm. dipping over here as well. So that was a huge, huge game right there.
0: Yeah, and then add Indiana and add Illinois. I mean, look, then no one shows up for those games. I mean, so I mean, those, that's, a, that's a road win you can get. I mean, there's, you know, that's with those special, two programs.
1: The, the schedule, I'm not going to say it's favorable because we said that last year, but it has potential. You
0: know? That's, that's just, the
2: word it, to it use.
1: Has, it has potential.
2: And I think people, we were all whether you're an objective observer or somebody closer to it like you are who has you know the scarlet uh running through their veins uh i think everyone just was blown away We, everyone who looked at this team off of some conference wins the year before just thought that the ship was headed in the right direction so overly optimistic obviously uh not really giving the proper Estimation to what the impact of all the losses on defense because of that credit card issue, uh, which is still hanging over the team, would have, uh, you know, all of that overly optimistic and now probably overly pessimistic because that's kind of life. But we'll see. It's uh, mm-hmm. it is it is it it is a very important year for Chris Ash's future because mm-hmm. if it's not a good one, uh, and that that's not going to be 500. If it's just not a good one in progress and wins, uh, Rutgers will be in. They'll be and looking I, for a new and, head coach.
1: And, and you can't sugarcoat it. I mean, he knows that. He oh knows yeah. That. He
2: yeah. Knows no, he's a big be, boy.
1: And, and going into the year, knowing that now, I think that's, that, that's that's just a little bit harder. You start pushing your guys, and you get on them to make sure they're getting better. You know what I mean? Because those are the guys. That at the end of the day, he may be calling the plays, but those guys are playing the game. So you're playing. Those are the little extra things that you got that you do in the weight room with them, and then. Uh, Spring ball—it's gonna be very interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm excited
0: to see. And let's see what happens. I mean, I was very concerned uh, in, the, in mid-season. I thought that uh, Ash may have lost the locker room and lost his players. In which case, I thought that he would—he needed—he uh, uh, was in trouble in the middle of the season. And uh, you know, look, the, the the players played for him. They played hard. And uh, that defense really came around. The offense just did just couldn't didn't have the, pe- the the personnel. But that defense came around and they played hard. You know, he gets another year, and uh, and uh, we'll see we'll see how it um, how it progresses. I mean, the one concern I have, I mean, and and maybe he was misquoted, but uh, I mean, the one hundred and fifty year anniversary of the first football game, and and look, I, I mean, I, as alumni, I care, I care about it. He suggested yeah. that the players don't care about it. I don't know if he suggested that it, it's not something to be concerned with, but I, I think it's—I it, think it's a neat part of our history, and and I I care about it. What what are your thoughts on that, Eric?
1: Yeah, of course you want him to, uh, you want to, you want you know everyone to care about. it. I guess him telling the players not to not to care about it is, eh. uh, you know, I, I guess I don't agree with that either. But as a Rutgers alumni, I definitely as well, I you care about that game because. It's the birthplace of college football. This is where it all started, and it does mean something to the alumni. You want to go out there and you want to win. You know, it means something to everybody there. And I, I guess he wants to, you know, his team is just focused on the game and stuff like that. I guess, I guess he, the coaches talk, but hey, there's a lot of people that came before him that put on that jersey, and you want, to, you want to go out there and you want to win because you just, well, look, we just want respect. And right now, I'm not gonna lie to you. We don't have, we don't have. No, and listen. Football.
0: And listen, you know, I, I'm a Rockers alum. You played for, for the team, Eric. I mean, you know, four years ago, we won eight games. We beat Michigan. We went to, uh, we beat a very good North Carolina team in a ball. I mean, look, you played for Shiano. Shiano had success. He not only went to ball games, but he won those ball games. Um, look, we, bowl we games don't. Were, we, that, we, was, that
1: was normal. Yeah. <laughs> going to a bowl game at the beginning of the year, we we were looking. Oh, what bowl game are we going to? This shit, and, like that was that was normal
0: for us. Yeah, to, to suggest that we that our history needs to be expunged. Look, it's not the history of Notre Dame. I get it. It's not the history of Michigan. I get it. And these these storied Big Ten programs. I get it. But still, I mean, there has been some success there. I mean, it's one thing with with Chris Ash coming in. I I don't think that that our history needs to be expunged, you know what I mean? I, and and I, I, I you know, look, I, I think it's cool. I think 150 years is cool. I think the first football game is a neat thing, and I think it's worth celebrating next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I believe that they're doing some themes for games and whatnot, too. So I think they'll, they'll find a way to make sure it gets.
0: And we did win, and that's we that's won that's when it, you were there, Eric.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, Eric, what do <laughs> <are> you do in <laughs> the off season now?
1: Uh, I've been. Mean, I'm actually. I'm in London right now for the RE Foundation, which was, which has been nice. Is uh, working with Toyota Mobility on some innovative equipment, adaptive equipment for spinal cord injuries, which has been nice. But other than that, I'll be work, um doing my motivational speaking and working on my YouTube channel and just get getting ready for football season next year. Yeah, you got that football.
2: Vlog going. Tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, I'm having fun with it. I've been just. I wanted to really. Uh, I, I feel like I have an interesting life, but people don't see a lot of stuff. Like you see me get at places or you see me with this person, but no one knows what goes into that of getting there and the behind the scenes stuff. And I really just want to take people into my life and show them it's pretty interesting and make me realize, like, wow, he had to go through that to get there and he still goes through that. If you guys can get some motivation with it as well, I think that's what it's all about.
2: Well, that's very cool. And I know it's inspirational. Um, let me ask you this. What are you doing outside of what you're doing in London? I mean, it sounds very interesting. Are you able to get out at it all?
1: I, I, I've tried, but to tell you what. Coming to London at the end of November, December, I would not recommend. First off, it gets light at 9 a.m. and it's dark by 2.30, I feel like. And it's just <laughs> rainy and dreary over here. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. it's
2: I'm
0: not gonna great in the forward. winter there.
1: Me and London are not getting along right now. Coming, I'll come back in the summer time.
0: <laughs> Now, our sponsor for the show, Zebra, they uh, they showed up, uh, they brought some things for the students at some of the, uh, yes. some of your public uh, speaking engagements, correct?
1: They sure did. They, they hooked them up with some highlighters and things like that. I really appreciate what they did. The kids were all excited about it. They were all smiling, you know, uh, laughing, taking pictures, training colors and whatnot. Oh, you got this color. I want that color. It was it was nice to see that. So I appreciate what Zebra did for, for when I got to go, you know, speak at one of my schools. It was Really cool, and I do appreciate it.
0: Well, Eric, it's really fun talking Rutgers football with you. We're thrilled that you came on with us uh, for our uh, first year of RU Review. We're definitely going to follow this up, and uh, we hope to have you back next year as well.
1: I'll be back, God willing.
0: All right. Bigger and better, Eric. Thanks very much for your time.
2: It's been terrific. Hopefully more wins than losses to talk about uh, next year and continued success in all the things that you do. We really appreciate your time. And when you get back, we'll have to hook up, do a little holiday lunch to get together and and celebrate the spirit of the season.
1: Uh, If there's food, I'll be there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Eric. Take care. Thanks, guys. And that's Eric Legrand. Uh, great to have him for uh entire season. And, uh, you know, good to talk RU football with a guy who played for the team and, you know, was a color no, it was analyst for the, uh, uh, for the radio team and real good stuff. No, it
2: was great to have all our guests, you know, from Chris Carlin and Fooch and Eric, who was the mainstay. But Keith Sargent came on first. Yeah, Steve Politi, Politi yeah, came it, on. It, yeah, it, it was terrific. It yep. was a really good, uh, solid year. Off the field <laughs> in terms of media coverage from our standpoint, but mm-hmm. not so good on the field. And obviously, anyone who has uh, followed us along, we appreciate your support and a special thanks to Zebra. They've been terrific corporate yeah. sponsors. They do so much uh, good work with mm-hmm. Eric, as he talked about, yep. and looking to do more. And we love their products. I mean, I
0: know I've Absolutely. used them. You oh, had, no, I, so. no, I, I use them. I get, As a matter of fact, I get my son a, a, a two-pack of their pens every year in his stocking. He loves them. So, and that's been going on for years. So, I, you know, I love the product. And and I got, uh, actually, I, I order them down at my office, down at the, at the beach house. So I get a box of the gel pens, and they're, they're great. That's so perfect. It's that's good pre- stuff. And listen,
2: so now Chris Ash has to do his thing, yeah. and the
0: players have to do their thing yeah. and
2: resurrect the interest in this program, which dropped off so dramatically. I'm surprised there was such a drop-off at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, going into the season off of reasonable success, the year before, and yet still ticket sales were down and what have you. It's a vexing issue, not just in college, not just Rutgers, all around. How do you get people out of their homes, out of the dorms, into the arena? That being said, I was kind of surprised that happened. And then once the tables turned after the Texas State win and everything went south, it was just no pulling up. It was Mm -hmm. nose down and headed to the ground. Now, got to pull it out and try to make
0: improvements so that there is some light at the end of the tunnel. They regressed, and they could not move the ball at all, and, and we, we have to see we have to see improvement on that no offense, doubt.
2: absolutely. Everything is water under the bridge at this point. Yeah. Looking back does no good. You've got to look ahead if you're a Rutgers fan, and you may not like what you see, and I understand that. Uh, certainly, you have to look ahead if you're the head coach in the administration, but the fact of the matter is they corrected one mistake that they've made for nine years, which mm-hmm. is bringing in a different offensive coordinator. Yeah. It's one thing if you bring in a different guy, but he's running the same system. But when you bring in guys who run different systems each year, it's a whole different ball game. Now at least McNulty will be around for two years, maybe more, but at least he'll be here in successive years and build on – some of the base yeah. that he was able to establish, but he, he even spoke of his frustrations about, you have to catch the ball. There are some simple things there that weren't happening yeah. for Rutgers, but the consistency I think will be important. Sitkowski's going to have the same voice in his ear talking about what are you seeing here? What did you see there? Uh-huh. This is an option, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. So I think that bodes well for the future. I know, you know, Eric chuckled a little bit because he knows Jay Neiman's gone. It's only a matter of time before that becomes official. Uh, They'll have a new defensive coordinator, but Ash will be much more involved. He has to be. Mm -hmm. And I think there's nothing like the fear of losing your job, which is a real fear. It's a real thing at Rutgers to make Chris Ash. And if he was sitting here saying, you guys are crazy. I worked hard all the time. Well, you know what? Everybody has another level to go to. Yeah. And anything that he may have just—he may have—you know what? If he, Whoever he brings in as the defensive coordinator, if they get off to a slow start, he won't wait till halfway in the season. It's right. like that kind of right. urgency. Yeah. I'm not going to let things go. There's not going to be time to work through it. Bing, bang, boom. All that being said, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken feathers. They have to get better players. That's the bottom
0: yeah, line. Yeah, and you know, continuity, as you said, is is very important. And I said it, you know, at midseason they were they were in crisis mode. And and again, I'll say it. I thought he had lost the locker room, but he didn't. I mean, they, they played for him. They played from the second half. The defense got much better. And I know. Listen, when when Hobbs made his announcement that with Ash coming back, if you go on some of the message message boards, there's a lot of Rutgers faith that stay, was not happy. I stay with him.
2: clear of those because honestly, yeah, those
0: are the playground of the disgruntled. Yeah, no question, no question. Once and, and in you a while. Somebody, disgruntled...
2: Somebody will throw well, out an
0: idea. There's some good points made here and there. There there are. Uh, but there's a lot of trolls and there's a lot of disgruntled people. There's no question about that. But the thing is, is you know, and they look, there are they people that are They speak in their pocketbooks. Yeah, yeah there, there are people that are Yeah, no one's showing up either. There are people that aren't happy but continuity is important he did not lose that locker room they were playing for him the defense got much better it didn't show up in the win column I get it but it got much better he needs to come back he needs to come back with McNulty and they need to figure this out but as you said it's a short leash Matt you know he's got to figure this out next year and, and show market improvement I'm not talking about a ball game I'm not talking about going to Oh, you bowl better next not. Year. Well, we're not. We're talking about, but you know what? I don't want to hear about two wins. Uh, I, we want to see four or five wins. We, we well, need progress. It has, progress. To, be. It has to be because I don't think there's anybody yeah. who thinks they
2: should or will, mm-hmm. though they could, mm-hmm. lose to UMass and to Liberty. So, yeah. honestly, you go into the season and say, at worst, and it would be worst, you have two wins. Yeah. So, you've got to have
0: four. Yeah. And uh, you yeah, know, so we don't, we can't have another debacle. Like, uh, and if there is another debacle, then then that is it. I I, mean, I, I don't then, think there's then any then They question. have to move on. And yeah. He gets his four and, years, and the- and because it's not only
2: that you would lose faith that he can coach or at least coach here, mm-hmm. it also it's the ripple effect, and he's going to have to fight it now. And Rutgers is ha- is fighting it now in the recruiting battles. Which is, why would you go there? Why would you go there? Why would you go there? I'm sure anyone that he is talking to or his staff is talking to now or has talked to is hearing from other teams that are recruiting them because no one has signed a letter yet. All they've done is committed to Rutgers. Why are you doing that? He's on the hot seat. You can go there. He's going to get fired. They're not that good. You'll have a new coach Mm -hmm. Who knows if he'll like you? That's all happening. So that's if So if they get forget about I, it, they can't have that happen again next mm-hmm. year. So that's why he's got to be gone. If he doesn't have some signs of, as uh, Pat Hobbs said,
0: significant improvement. And that'll do it for the RU Review. It's sponsored by Zebra Pen. Thrilled to have Zebra Pen on. Uh, find Zen in your pen, and we will be back next season with another year of Rutgers football analysis. Matt, thrilled to work with you all season. It was great. Yeah, a lot of fun. And we'll have great guests, too. Eric will be back, yeah, as he show. said he yep. would. And we'll have a ton of great guests from NJ Advanced Media. And it'll be another great year. Bye bye.